Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. I want you to remain standing, and I want you to turn to the book of Romans, chapter 1, the first chapter of Romans. Hopefully you have your Bible, whether it's electronic or a hard copy. Romans chapter 1. I want to read three verses, verses 14, 15, and 16. 16 will sound familiar to a lot of us. I, do you, for those of you who have hard copy Bibles, do you write in your Bible? I do. I write notes. When God shows me something, I write in the margins of my Bible. Sometimes I write things down, and at the moment, Pastor Billy, I'll say, man, that'd make a good sermon, and then I just leave it. And then sometimes years can go by and I'll come back and I'll see something I wrote and the Lord will say you know what that will make a good sermon preach that and that's what happened to me as I was reading Romans chapter 1 I got I got written in the margin three I am's three I am's and I said you know I need to preach this and so that's what I'm preaching today the I am's of the gospel Romans chapter 1 verse 14 Paul said watch I am I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, ready? I am. I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am, there's the third one, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Do I have any believers in the house? <laughs> Thought so. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. You could be seated this morning. I want to come right out of the gate strong. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the central message of Christianity. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the central message of Christianity. The word gospel, and some of you will know this, some of you may have never heard this, it would be a good thing to learn. The word gospel literally means good news. So when you speak the gospel, talk about the gospel, preach the gospel, teach the gospel, share the gospel, it is a proclamation of hope. It's good news. It's a proclamation of hope for the sinner. It is a proclamation of the possibility of rescue of a man or a woman who only know the bad news. Here is the message of the gospel. It begins with bad news. I am a sinner. Born into sin, guilty of committing sin. My sins separate me from God. The penalty for my sinfulness is death. This is the bad news. I cannot save myself, nor can anyone else on this world. And the penalty for my sins, which is death, nobody can pay that price. That's pretty bad news, isn't it? But then the gospel continues now with good news. But Jesus came to this earth as a man to die on a cross in my place. He took the punishment for my sins and made a way for me 
to become right with God. Three days later, he rose from the dead and he lives forever as the one who can save me and put me in a right relationship with God. If I will just confess my sins, agree with what God already knows about my life, and if I will put my trust in Jesus' atoning work on the cross and ask God for forgiveness and repent of my sins and lean on God's amazing grace, God will forgive me and justify me and cleanse me and he will put his Holy Spirit inside of me and make me a brand new person. Anybody thankful for the good news? What? You can't get any better news than that. If you read Romans chapter 1, the first chapter, I'm going to teach a little bit, then I'm going to preach. Is that okay? Better be, because that's what I got. <laughs> Romans chapter 1, Paul emphasizes the gospel of Jesus Christ to his readers. And the reason why is because Paul appreciated the gospel because it was the good news of Jesus that saved his wretched life. And so he loved to preach the gospel. At one point he said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. And in our text, I've already made, already made reference to this, Paul, but let me say it this way, Paul personalizes what the gospel means to him and how he feels about the gospel with these statements, I am. And so what I want to do is, is take that and, and take it and apply it to us, and we're going to personalize it like Paul. So let's do so. The first thing Paul says is that I am a debtor. I'm a debtor to preach this thing. I got to tell everybody. Have you ever borrowed money from someone? Okay. You're an honest person. You're going to pay it back. If you've ever borrowed money from somebody, then you know what it feels like to have that pressure every day, all day, I got to get this money back to them. It never stops. It stays on you. The only time it finally goes away is when you've paid back every last cent and the debt is satisfied. The pressure's finally off. That's what Paul is talking about here. I have a debt that is a pressure on me, a weight on me that I have to share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. He felt like a person indebted. He was someone who owed it to every sinner to share the good news of salvation. Do y'all see that? Now, let me see it for you. Make a strong statement. I've got a few of those today. If you are saved from your sins, Jesus has changed your life, God has graciously washed you, then you have a moral Obligation, And I use that word obligation because that's what a debt is, isn't it? I'm obligated to pay this thing back. So you have an, a debt, if you will, a moral obligation to share the gospel with anyone who is bound by sin. So it's not an option. It's something you should do. It's something you must do. It's something you ought to do. Why? Because sometimes, somewhere, someone shared the gospel with you. They had a debt, and they said, I got to tell my brother, my son, my daughter, my friend, my cousin, whatever they were to you, they, they said, I've got to tell you this good news. Aren't you glad they did? Because where would you be if someone hadn't shared the gospel with you? So now it's your turn to pass on the good news. And I found this interesting. I found a little nugget in the scriptures that 
unless you are a student of the Bible and you go a little deeper, you can miss this elder. But the Greek word that Paul uses for debtor, I am a debtor, is often used in the New Testament. If you read through the New Testament, is often used, it's translated sinner. Now, it wouldn't apply here. Paul wasn't saying I am a sinner to the, wouldn't make any sense. So it means debtor. You know, words can have more than one meaning. But even Jesus used this Greek word and he was talking about sinners. And when I put those two together, when I connected those dots that the debt I have to share the gospel and the fact that I was at one time a sinner makes perfect sense to me. Because a sinner is morally delinquent and debted to God, but when that sinner is saved, he or she is a beneficiary of Jesus paying the debt. Somebody wrote a song and it said, I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. That's it, isn't it? And so the result is my debt got paid when I was a sinner. So yes, there is a connection of the two that I was indebted at one time, but Jesus paid my debt. And so now I'm able to tell friends and family members that Jesus paid their debt too, that they can be saved. And sometimes I use this in growth track. I tell people that sharing the gospel is simply one beggar telling another beggar where they can find bread. So, listen to me. You have a debt. You have a moral obligation to share the gospel with people. Look at somebody and say, now he's talking to you. Don't want to just turn to somebody and say, he's talking to you. Second, he said, I am ready. He had never preached in Rome but he was on his way. And he wrote to the Romans and said, I've never seen you, never been there, but I, I can't wait to get there. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. By the way, he was, he was Southern, y'all. He was from South Galilee. That's not true. Paul essentially says, I'm looking forward to telling y'all about Jesus. Matter of fact, I want y'all to get this. If you study what that word means, he said, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Every person who is saved should have a spiritual predisposition. Not just a disposition. I think it's a predisposition. I think it's there. It's, it's always there to tell someone about Jesus. In other words, we should be fired up to tell someone how they can be saved. All right, now let me just talk to y'all. Can I talk to y'all? I'm going to preach in a minute. Hold on. I ain't got to point three. Preachers have to have three points. So I'm only on two. All right? I'm like you. I know I'm a man of God. I'm your pastor. I'm your spiritual leader. I'm an elder in the church. I understand all that. But I'm also human. I live in the same world you do. And I understand the reality is it is intimidating to talk about the gospel with people. It can be. I understand that. I understand that when a pastor or a preacher like me gets up and starts preaching about telling someone the gospel that you can tune me out right now and say, mm -mm, not me. Hurry up, get done, go on to lunch. Come back next week and see if you got something for me. Don't you tune me out because I already told you you owe something. You're already, you're already in debt, so you can't get out of it. See, I wrapped you up in point one. So you might as well listen to me. I know it's intimidating, Okay. 
It, it's hard to do that. that. That's a truth. But another truth that I know, because I'm human, there are two things that you are comfortable talking about. One is yourself. <laughs> Some of you more than others. Shouldn't have said that. Sorry, shouldn't have said that. Yourself. The second thing is you're comfortable talking about a subject that you know very well. Okay? So you get a bunch of guys that work on cars in a room. They'll be, they'll be talking about working on cars four hours later. Okay? You get a group of women together, and they, they're, they're into fashion, and you start talking about the latest fashions that have come out of Atlanta or New York or L.A., and they could sit there for hours and talk about, oh, these are the latest fashions. This is what they, all these are the things. That, see, whatever, so I'm try, trying to make it here for everybody. Whatever you're interested in, okay, I could take 50 subjects right now, but whatever it is you're interested in, that's what you will talk about. So what I want to do today is help my church because what good is you, is you coming in here and I don't help you? So what I want you to understand is you need to take these two ideas that you can, you're comfortable talking about yourself and you're comfortable talking about things you know a lot. Let's, let's do this with the gospel. So let's flip them. Number one, you need to familiar, familiarize yourself with the fundamentals of the gospel. And there is a way to do this, and I do this in Growth Track. So those of you who just came through Growth Track this month, this is going to sound very familiar. There are fundamentals of the gospel. It's called the ABCs. Maybe you learned this before, but if you have, you need to be reminded. If you've never heard this, this is liberating. ABCs. You ready? A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe on the Lord Jesus, believe that he died on the cross, believe that he rose again, and believe that he can save you. It's kind of a, a little caption right there. C, confess him as your Savior and as your Lord. That's it. Everybody say admit, believe, confess. You got it? ABCs. If you want, I'll flip it. If you're dyslexic, I'll help you here. Confess that you're a sinner, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and acknowledge that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. How's that? You need a CBA? There it is, baby. Working with you here. Okay? Everybody say, admit, believe. What's the last one? You do it. Ready? Go. You got it. Get the fundamentals of the gospel. When you get the fundamentals of the gospel, then you can talk about the gospel. Hey, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about getting saved. What do I need to do? Okay. So what you got to do is you need to admit that you're a sinner. Do you admit you're a sinner? Yeah, I'm a sinner. Okay. Because you are. I work with you. you are, you're really bad. All right. Do you, do you believe the Bible? Believe that Jesus came to this earth, died, and rose again? Yeah, I believe that. Do you believe Jesus is the only one that can save you? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I believe that. Okay that if you'll just pray and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, and, and listen, you have to repent. That's, you got to leave. I couldn't get the R in there, okay? But you got to repent. What does that mean? That means you, gotta, you can't keep doing all this sin. You can't keep living like you do on Friday and coming Monday and telling us how you did on the weekend. That's got to change. Once, once God saves you, you won't want to do it anymore anyway. You can tell people this, right? If you can't, we need to talk to you about your salvation, Okay? It's all right. And what else? Then you just, you got to confess. You have to say it out loud. You're my Savior, my Lord. Can you do that? Yeah. All right, good. Pastor, am I done? Mm -mm. You want to pray? Yeah. All right. You want me to pray with you? Would you? Yeah. You want me to give you the words? 
Yeah, okay. I'll give you the words. You repeat about you talk to Jesus. Can you do that? Yeah, okay. Bow your head. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner, A. But I believe you died and rose again, and you can save me, B. Please forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I'm not going to do them anymore. God, change my life. And I confess right now that you're my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel the power of God right then. Did y'all feel that? See, that's the power of the gospel. You say, Pastor, that's it? Mm -hmm. The Bible says in one verse, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be. And then take the second thing, yourself. Tell your story. Tell your story. Tell how you got saved. One morning, one afternoon, one evening, while I was in the car listening to the radio, I was at a church, I was in a hotel, pulled out a Gideon's Bible. I went to a revival one night, listened to a podcast of Christmas Start, High Praises Church, sitting in my bedroom at the house. Somebody told me to watch it. I was at work sitting in the parking lot. I started watching this crazy preacher. And the next thing I know, I got convicted. I started feeling bad for my sins. I realized I was on my way to hell. What'd you do? I started praying. You know what I prayed? This is what I prayed. I said, God, I'm a sinner, but I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead and you can save me and I confess you right now. Forgive me, wash me. See how you're telling your story, but you're telling his story. Are y'all getting this? I'm equipping the saints today. What happened? Man, something happened. All the guilt, the fear, the shame left me. I can't explain it. A peace came inside of me. I slept like a baby for the first time that night. I've had joy. I had this stupid grin on my face for like days. I looked like Gomer Pyle just walking around. Shazam. I was just so happy. I felt love. I didn't hate people anymore. Really? Yeah, I used to be a racist, but I don't hate. I don't, I don't look at skin color anymore. I just see people made in the image of God. I love everybody. Tell your story because they know you they know you and by the way walk through open doors God wants to use you he'll open the door be bold and you won't mess it up the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity so if they ask you to tell them and they want you to pray do it right then Strike when the iron's hot. But there are other people standing around. Don't worry about them. You're about to lead a soul to Jesus. You're about to pluck a soul out of the flames of hell. You're about to have the best experience of your life because I haven't found very, very few experiences that can match or surpass the moment when you lead someone to the Lord and pray them through. You will, you will say, this is the best moment of my life. By the way, I put this in my notes. I don't recommend cold call evangelism. If you've ever been in sales and done a cold call, you don't know the people, it's not a lead. You just walk up to a person, you walk up to the door, you go to the company, you go up in the neighborhood. I have people that come in our, even though we have no soliciting signs, these people still come in our neighborhood. And, and I tell them that. You probably don't want to do this because about six doors down, that guy's going to call the cops on you. But anyway, I'm trying to help you. But cold call events, you just call... Cold call, you just walk up and knock on the door. You don't know them. And do and you know there are people, I've done cold call evangelism. I've gone door to door in neighborhoods. I've done it for other churches when I was in, in college. We'd go on the door, tell them who we are. We'd promote the church. Can, can I come in, sit down, talk to you? What's your name? My name's this. Let me ask you something. If you died right now, would you go to heaven? 
And then I'd start witnessing the gospel. And I've led people to the Lord in their home. I had no idea who they were. Said, you need to go to this church. I got in a van and went back to Charlotte. But I don't recommend the cold call evangelism method. I recommend the friends and family plan. You like that? I thought that up all by myself. The friends and family plan. Witness to your friends who don't know Jesus. Witness to family members. They know you. They know what your life's like. They know God saved you. Tell them about the, they'll listen to you. You have credibility with them. Okay. So you're a debtor. You got an obligation. You need to be ready. Look at two people and say, this is, this is participation Sunday. Look at two people and say, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. Okay, if you ain't ready, you better get ready. I'm going to do my T.D. Jakes impersonation up here. <laughs> Trying to keep y'all focused in here. Can I preach now? And then Paul said, I'm not ashamed. You know why Paul wasn't ashamed of the gospel? Because it worked. It worked on him. It worked on the early church and that civilization in that first century. It works. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. I feel like preaching right now. When you tell the old, old story, something happens to people. Oh, this is where you can help me right here if you want. Something happens to people. The Holy Spirit moves on them. They feel conviction over their sins. For the first time, they see a way out of their sin dilemma. For the first time, they have faith. They've never had that before. For the first time, they feel hope. They say, I can change. I can be different. I can be right with God. Something happens when you preach the gospel. Let me tell you this morning, some of us need to be reminded that the politicians cannot fix your sin problem. Government leaders cannot fix your sin problem. Government policies will never fix the world's sin problem. The legal system cannot change your sin problem. Medical science cannot heal your sin problem. Business executives cannot produce a product that will fix your sin problem. The Federal Reserve cannot print enough money to pay for your sin problem. The governor cannot fix your sin problem. The president of the United States cannot fix your sin problem. Only one person can do that and his name is Jesus and he can take what's wrong and make it right in your life. Somebody ought to give God praise this morning. Hallelujah. Woo. The gospel is the story of what Jesus has done for you and what he can do for you. He can cleanse a vilest sinner. He can put peace, joy, and love inside your heart. He can purge your guilty conscience and you can sleep good at night. He'll open heaven's gates for you. He will alter your standing with God. Jesus can dry out the drunkard. Jesus can can cleanse the drug addict and set him free. Come on, somebody. Jesus can take, can take the mean person and make him nice and sweet and kind. He can take a racist, make him somebody who loves everybody. He makes demons tremble and angels stand in awe. When I was, when I was getting ready for this message, and I, and I put this in my notes, there are people in this church today that you know the power of the gospel. You, some of you know you know who you are because you were all messed up. Your life was a mess. 
you made one stupid, sinful decision after the other. You, you, had, you were spiraling out of control. You lost your marriage. You were losing your marriage. Your kids couldn't stand you. Your friends used you. You were a puppet of the devil. But somebody came along and told you about Jesus. And Jesus passed by in your life. And you believed the gospel. And you cried out to God. And when you did, something happened. Something changed inside of you. You're not what you ought to be. But you know you're not who you used to be. Because God took your sins away and transformed transformed your life and aren't you glad for it today now you ought to give God praise this morning you ought to thank him every day and you ought to thank him right now for what he's done for you in your life hallelujah don't you ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ don't ever be ashamed of it there are people and groups in America that are working to suppress the gospel of Jesus They've taken God out of the schoolhouse, out of the government. Efforts are continually made to place a stigma on us, on evangelicals and born-again Christians. They don't want you sharing the gospel in their schools, in the open workplace, in the public arena. They want you to feel as much pressure as you can, so much so that you are ashamed to share the gospel. They want you to feel guilty about talking about Jesus. They want to shame you into silence. But I came here today to fire up my church and tell you once again, don't you ever be ashamed to talk about Jesus. Don't you ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Christ. You tell the government to stick it in their ear, whatever that means. You tell anybody else, get away from me. I'm going to talk about Jesus. You don't know what he did for me. You don't know where I was when he found me. You haven't done anything for me. He's done everything for me and I'll tell anybody I want to because other people need to know what Jesus can do for them. I'm yelling but I'm Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Don't you ever be ashamed. You take a stand for Christ and you tell anybody who needs to know and you talk about the Lord. And I know some of you have to be careful at workplace. We've got a lot of teachers and you have to be careful. But if a student comes up and open the door, walk through it. Because if that student asks you, my understanding is still you have, a, you have a license. Once they ask you a question, you can answer it. Okay? If you're in the workplace and somebody talks to you and they've got a strict policy, say, see me after work in the parking lot. See me in the break room. Take them in the bathroom if you have to. I don't care. Lead them to Jesus. But talk about the Lord. And don't you, if they laugh at you, throw your head up high. If they say, you're one of those, say, sure am. They don't know what to do with that because they think we're gonna cower down and back down. And maybe that's the problem with the church. We've tried to be undercover Christians for Jesus, but it's time we stand up and say, yes, that is exactly who I am. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for Jesus. Take a stand, draw a line and say, let's don't have any doubts about who I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pulled out old notes because sometimes I do that for reference. And when I pulled out, when I preached on Romans 116, I found out in 2016, I preached on Romans 116, God gave me a prophetic word that I shared with this church. So that's what, seven years ago? And I looked at that word and I read it and I said, good Lord. That's powerful, because if it's from God, it's, it's powerful. 
And, it's, and I thought this word is just as true and relevant today as it was seven years ago. So I'm going to read you the word of the Lord that I shared with you seven years ago because it still applies in 2023 going on 2024. You ready? All right. This, this is just a word from the Lord. It's a prophetic word, okay? So if you, I don't believe in that. Well, then just sit there. But if you believe God still speaks to people, and I know he gave me this. Y'all ready? This was for high praise. My God. Oh, help me, Jesus. For the time has come for my people to stand up and shine the light I have placed within them. Be still and be silent no more. Rise from the ashes of your despondency and despair and walk in the freedom and hope that is your inheritance. So your nation is dark. Shine your light. Lift up your head and tarry no longer. Go be the church and I will save and transform your homes and your communities and your cities and your state and your nation, says the Lord. My God, somebody give God a praise for that powerful word to the church. I believe that word still applies today. It's time to stand up and shine the light. It's time to not tarry anymore, but say, I'm gonna tell people about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, Billy, Pastor Billy, singers. I read this story. I wanna close with this. Especially in light of communion today, I think this just wraps it up. A little girl treated her mother badly because she was ashamed of her. And the reason she was ashamed of her mother is because her mother had a big, ugly scar on the side of her face. And that little girl was ashamed. A young girl was ashamed of her mother. Thought it made her mother look ugly. So she'd never invite her friends over to the house because they would have to see her mother. She always tried to talk her mother out of going to school events, wouldn't even tell her about them. She didn't want the, the people at school seeing her mother. Of course, her mother picked up on it and finally said one day, honey, why don't you ever bring your friends over here? Why don't you want me to go to your, your school experiences? What's going on? And the little girl said, okay, mom, I'll tell you. I'll just be honest. She said, it's that big old ugly scar in your face. She said, it's hideous, and I'm ashamed. That's pretty cold, isn't it? Her mother said, honey, I'm going to tell you a story I've never told you. But I think you're old enough now. You need to hear it. You know how I got this scar? You were little. You were asleep in the crib in the house, and I stepped outside for just a moment to take care of a quick chore. You were asleep. Everything was fine. But when I turned around, something had been on in the kitchen and the house was on fire. And I ran into that house and I picked you up and I rushed to get you out of the house. And as I got just to the door, the house had burned so quickly that one of the beams fell on me, but I threw you to safety and the beam hit me and pinned me and it seared my face and gave me that big old scar. She said, honey, I got this scar saving your life. I want to tell you today, Jesus has some scars. He's got some scars in his hands. He's got some scars in his feet. He's got some scars in his side. He's got some scars on his forehead. 
and the next time you feel ashamed to talk about it to somebody because you're ashamed of those scars you're ashamed to talk about that story now if I tell them that story that sounds like a made up story God is real God became a man God came to the earth God, Jesus was God he died for our sin that's a story that says the next time you're ashamed of those scars you better remember it's because of those scars that your sins have been washed away the next time he, he, he got those scars saving your life he got those scars scars saving your soul next time somebody needs to know about Jesus don't you hang your head in shame you stand up proud and say you know why he got those scars so that my life could be different so that my sins could be gone and those same scars that I'm afraid that's going to make you ashamed to be no those scars can change your life you need to hear this you know what's amazing to me what's amazing to me is you can I need to quit. There are preachers that want us to stop singing about the blood. There are preachers that don't want to talk about Jesus on the cross. They want to sanitize and homogenize the gospel and pasteurize the gospel. But I'm here to tell you today, it is the blood that changes you. It is what Jesus did on the cross that makes all the difference. And we need to stand up and tell people the story because that's the power of the gospel. God would love me that much that he'd become a man and he would die on a cross. That'd be like a man becoming a frog to die for all the other frogs. You mean God would do? Yes, that's how much God loves you. That's the power of the gospel. And you know what's amazing to me? You can take that story and you can travel anywhere in this world and they don't speak your language and their culture's different and there might be another religion that is prominent or prevalent in that region. You can walk in and you can start preaching the gospel and people who've never heard it before. I mean, we got Christmas coming up. At least people at least know there is a Jesus. You go to lands where they don't even know who Jesus is and you start telling the old, old story. They never heard it. The culture is all against it. It's, but something happens in their hearts. And the Holy Ghost starts to move on them and they feel conviction and they believe the story and their lives are changed and then they're persecuted for it and they give their life for it. Some of them have to die for it and they do it. You know why? Because there's power in the gospel and it's real and we need to tell everybody we can about it. I want to have a commissioning service. I want everybody in this church to come to this altar. Everybody. This is not the time to leave, please. This is the time to come to the altar. Please, this is, please, join me. Please, don't leave yet. Come to the altar. Thank you. I want to have a commissioning service. This is so important. This is a very somber moment, a very important moment. Fill these altars as far as you can, all the way to the front. While you're coming, let me talk to you. God is doing something in this church. God is doing something in this church. Keep coming while I talk. We have more people coming than we've ever had. I know we seem to be a little off today, but this is the time of year people go to the mountains. Once all the leaves die, you don't want to go back up there, do you? 
I think last Sunday we had the largest attendance we've had since post-COVID. We had almost 700 people here last Sunday. We've got 800 members and probably somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 of us, but y'all come in shifts. That's why I haven't gone back to two services because y'all fixed it for me. Some of you come every four weeks. I'm sorry, I'm just telling it like it is. So you just come in shifts. That's the, and I'm not the only, this, this happens at every church. This is happening everywhere, okay? God is doing something. There are a lot of you here. You know who you are. We have a lot of people here that have a Slavic background, Ukrainian, Russian, Serbian. We have a lot of those that have been coming to this church. They have found this place and found a home. We have opened our arms and embraced them and loved them. Pastor Amy has children in the children's department that speak Ukrainian or Russian and they, we cannot understand them. I'm not talking about one or two. We're facing challenges. I told her those are my kind of church problems. Hey, Ryan. I said, those are my kind of church problems. We almost hit 80% seating last Sunday. I'm not doing anything till we hit 97. Y'all just better get comfortable with one another. Put your deodorant on, please. God's moving in this church. We, we can all tell it. We've been talking about staff meeting. There's, there's, a, there's a thing that God's just, you got to know when the waves are coming. God's moving right now. And then God gives me this. And if we'll just go share the gospel with people. And then they'll come to church. Now, they may not come here. They might go to another church. Let them go. They might already be in a church. Praise the Lord. Go to church. But if they have nowhere to go, bring them here. But for too long, we've been inviting people to church. I think it's time we invite people to Jesus. Still invite them to church. We need to invite them to Jesus. So if you are standing here and you're not saved, you can't pray this prayer. What you need to pray is, Lord, I'm a sinner. But I believe you died and rose again, and you can save me. Forgive me. I repent of my sins. I confess you as my Savior. That's what you need to pray. And you can pray it right now. God will save you. But if you're saved, what I want to ask you to do is lift both your hands in an act of surrender. And we're going to have a commissioning service. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to say, God, I am willing and able that I will share the gospel when you open the door. Now I want you to begin to pray that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, all over this church, your people are praying. Father, we are commission, we are accepting this commission. The, 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 the great commission is the mission of the church to go and make disciples. And Father, you're going to do that not through just the preachers or the elders. or the, you, you do it through the church. Father, we accept today our moral re responsibility, our obligation. We're in debt. And Father, we were once sinners, but we're saved. And now, God, we want to help other sinners to get out from their situation. So, Father, we, we accept our moral obligation. And we're ready, God. We're going to be ready. We can do the ABCs, God. We can pray with people. We start with our children. And then we move to our family members. And then we move to our friends and neighbors. But, Father, we'll, we're willing. We're ready. And, Father, we will not be ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I'm not. I am not. Father, you are real. The story is real. The power of God is real. The gospel is real. The saving power of, gospel, of God is real. It's real, God. I've watched you change lives. And we will not be ashamed. So, Father, we stand here. 
here today. We are commissioned and ready to go forth. Use us. Use us as light. You said we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. And so, Father, use us today. We're Open the door, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's in our neighborhood, whether it's in the parking lot at Walmart or in a, on a golf course, God, or at the walking track or, or at the gym where we work out. We will, we are available, God. We are to open the door and we will walk through and, and lead people to Jesus through the power of the gospel which saves their lives. So here we, we accept our responsibility. And we're ready, Father. Everybody say, I'm ready, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.